Welcome to Gaming and Gabbing, where video and tabletop gamers unite. A podcast where we level up with you on our journey to ultimate nerddom. I'm your wizard of weird, Dayanne Hutton. And I'm your rogue of realness, Amber Plaster. And let's hit start. Magical greetings to you all, baby barbarians. We're back at it with another podcast. I'm Dayanne Hutton. We're back at it again. Welcome back. My name is Amber Plaster, and we have to talk. Yeah, we got stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff. We're talking today about a very beloved, terrifying game. Loved, loved, loved. Terror, terror, terror. (laughs) (laughs) The Last of Us is the game that we're going to be talking about today. You're totally fucking with me. Mm -mm, Serious. Are we going to be talking about the original game? Yes. Oh my god, you see Earth Cruise! Are we going to be talking about the sequel? Yes. Are we going to be talking about how The Last of Us is coming to HBO? HBO, guys! Yes, we are. All things The Last of Us coming up now. First, let's talk about the original The Last of Us. Ugh, classic. Love it. God bless it. For those of you living under a rock who do not know are familiar with The Last of Us. Day, could you give me a layman's rundown of The Last of Us, like if you were explaining it to your mom? Sure, of course. So we start off. Not that moms can't be gamers. (laughs) True. We start off, uh, uh, shit is going down, the world is ending, people are going crazy and eating each other, and we don't know why. And then we cut to 20 years later, and it's basically been like, the zombies have ravaged the world for the last 20 years, humans are trying their best to survive. Oh, gosh, we meet this girl, we've got to take this girl somewhere, and... Spoil- spoilers? Spoiler warning for The Last of Us, the first one. If you have not played this game, go play it. What you doing? Yeah, seriously, you have so much time right now. I know this is on your backlog somewhere, and it's time to push it up to the front because the sequel's coming out, and it is time. Spoilers, go ahead. Spoilers. You get this girl, you're supposed to, like, take her somewhere, and then along the way you find out she's been bit, but she hasn't turned. Oh my god, she could be the cure. And so it's basically, you're, you know, going across the U.S. in zombie-ravaged world land with this girl who is awesome and badass and helps you grow attached to her. And it's just, it's just about, like, how hard that is and the people you meet along the way. They do a good job. I remember this was one of the first games that I played. <laughs> and it was very hard to me at the time because oh, my same. skill level as a gamer was, was even lower than it is it now. It was the second game I ever played when I first started streaming. I and think it was the second game I ever played as well. I was well. <laughs> wretched. That wasn't like a kid's game. That wasn't like Pokemon. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I remember when I first started playing The Last of Us that I, even though it was one of the first games I had ever played, that I was so shocked at how realistic it was. I mean, listen, I always use these two examples These games could not be more different from each other in terms of ammo. The Last of Us is zero. You get a bullet. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but like they give you almost no ammo for the entire game. And you really do have to use your wits to sort of survive and outlast and uh, figure out a way to sneak around things that are dangerous to you. Which, of course, is what would happen if, say... Uh, pandemics too soon. Uh, if say a zombie apocalypse happened, there's really not going to be a lot of supplies, and there's going to be uh, an uneven distribution of it. So they really did a good job of showing that in the game and making working it into the story, which I'm sure was not easy, as opposed to like Destiny, where it's like you literally walk and you're like, oh, some ammo. Oh, there's a gun. Oh, 
I have a sniper rifle. Well, hello there, Wall. Thank you for giving me another weapon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so to me, those are the, the two scales of sure. like of ammunition, like all of the weapons you could ever possibly want at your feet, Destiny, and like nothing, The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really not even a shiv sometimes. Yeah, it can be tough. Sometimes... All you have is a brick. And that's us playing on easy mode. <laughs> so people who play that on hard, I really don't know what happened to you, but you don't have to torture yourself. You don't have to because... Some could... people like those challenges. I don't though. understand yeah. those people. They were bitten by radioactive spiders. <laughs> Listen, I have, a, I, have, I have a few good friends that do not game the way that we do and very much insist that games do not need stories to have a good time. That's fine, but they also are of the school that video games should be very challenging. Mm. And well, my they... argument to that is this game on easy mode was a challenge. I so, agree. I mean, but levels. There's levels. You there know? there are. skill levels. So if you enjoy a little bit of a challenge, this is the game for you, that's for sure. Or if you just like a good story. Oh, it's so cinematic. It's it is. And the details in the game are exquisite. They're almost unmatched. I mean, maybe... I would say the two... Is, it came out in 2013? Yes. I would say the 2013 release of The Last of Us is on par in, in cinematic detail as God of War, which came out in 2017. Well, but listen, you played the remastered version. You oh, don't know what it looked like in 2013. Maybe it didn't look as good when it wasn't remastered. But I will say good on them for putting out a remastered version because I also have only played yeah. the remastered version. And yes, it feels on par with video games today. So like that was a brilliant move. It on really their it the remastered aged perfectly. Um, yeah. It's really good. So anyway, all that to say, it is. I, I don't think that we've ruined the game for you, but it is really fantastic, and you get to play as Joel, who is who is a man, <laughs> but he's you do get to play as Ellie at times. Yeah, so, so it's not completely. That was one of the things that I needed. I was like, I need like female characters, and they're like, you can play The Last of Us, and I was like, do you play the girl? They're like, well, you you do, but you don't. And I was like, that's good enough for me. I'll I'll take <laughs> it. And so I'm glad that they didn't over explain that, so that the surprise wasn't totally ruined for me so um, I really did enjoy that you do get to play as Ellie for a little bit and uh, the reason why is really special Mm -hmm. and I really liked it and I thought it was really thoughtful anyway the (laughs) whole point is this series is amazing we love it the acting is incredible the motion capture the details the graphics the reality of the situation everything is just Oh, perfect. Chef's kiss. Also, fun fact, you might not even know this. You can find on YouTube, they did a live reading of the cutscenes on YouTube with the voice actors. Whoa. On stage. And you can find at least parts of it on YouTube. It's highly worth a watch. It's very neat. Oh, that is a good find. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it's really good stuff. So, transitioning day. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about in this genre. Where, where are we going next, Amber? Where's the car headed? The Last of Us is coming to HBO. Hell yeah, it is! So I'm sure that there are some people out there that are going to choose to be mad about this. But sure, always. I you know- don't know you. I don't want to know you. <laughs> And um, I'm not acknowledging your existence going forward. I am so excited for The Last of Us to be coming to HBO because the producer of the limited series Chernobyl, if you have not seen it on HBO, you need to because you need to or we will make the same mistake at some point in history like everyone needs to know the story of chernobyl and this is probably the most beautiful way i've ever seen it done the acting is incredible it's really not that long it's like five episodes the producer of that is producing the last of us and let me tell you chernobyl was terrifying in a way that i had never 
conceived of before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited that I really don't think it's going to be like The Walking Dead. I really don't because of the producer who produced Chernobyl in such a suspenseful way. Yeah, absolutely. And the creative director of the original game is coming on board as well. Yeah, Neil Uh, Druckerman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and the fact that you bring up Walking Dead is a really cool point because I can understand people hesitating because oftentimes video games are adapted so poorly into, say, like a movie. However, you know, they did an amazing thing with The Walking Dead. I mean, I guess you could argue that was comic, then video game, then then TV series. But it shows us that it can be done. And it can be done well if the time and effort is put into it properly. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like we are planning to do an episode where we talk about video games that have turned mm-hmm. into movies. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of really bad ones. But, mm-hmm. you know, off the top of my head, for some reason, I can only think of two series that have come from video games, The Witcher mm-hmm. and The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. both of which have quite a few fans. Yeah. Um, there were some people who didn't like The Witcher. I enjoyed it, even though I had issues with the story, but I really, really enjoyed it as it's, a whole. They they did the thing where they made it fantastical and kind of extravagant enough that even though you're like, well, it had issues, but I guess they enjoyed watching it. And I'll I keep had watching. a great time while I was watching yeah. it, even though I was unnecessarily confused. Yeah. I was unnecessarily confused, still don't care about Siri, the blonde girl, who's <laughs> actually the hero and the main character, did not know that the entire time watching the series. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. The point is, TV shows from video games are actually good. Yes, at least and I wonder the recent ones is. have been. Yeah, I mean, I'm I think it's I'm because you ones. get to take more time, and I also think that they've chosen a very different types of video games to adapt into uh, TV shows versus movies. I feel like when we were, we were looking at lists, a lot of the games made into movies are horror mm-hmm. or like high, high, high action games that don't really have a plot, and then they have to make up one. And so they just go for like big and dumb and hope it works. But <laughs> for another time. Yes. I wonder. I wonder. And, I, and if you guys have uh, insight on any of that as to why TV shows are doing better than movies, tweet at us. I'd love to keep the conversation going with that because I feel find it fascinating and when I look at The Last of Us and the different groups and the city that you sort of traverse in the game I can see that taking two seasons oh yeah um, it's a long game it's a long it, like you go you it's expansive make, and so are TV shows so maybe I that's mean, why it and works and it depends like are they going for 10 episodes 8 episodes 12 that all depends because you could actually have a season for each literal season you know remember they go Mm. like summer they go like winter fall summer spring i forgot about that you could literally have a season for each season so much happens with each so creative i hope i know they're not going to do that but that would be so creative listen hire me we'll talk from (laughs) day's brilliant mind to your ears a season for a season coming next year on HBO. It's official. It's not official when I say that. I just It just feels right, and I think we should make it a thing that's happening. Fan casting. Fan casting. First of all, the only who are the people we know are attached to the last season? I couldn't find anyone. Soundtrack? I looked, oh, soundtrack, yes. Okay, the original composer of the game is composing the show, so... Hallelujah! And that uh, he also is composing the sec- the sequel as well. Correct. Yes, he's the video game composer for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least Neil, who worked with him uh, at Naughty Dog, the composer, is does have his hands very tightly on this project, and I'm sure is going to bring as much of the original story to it Absolutely. as possible. I want to bring up something that I, as a voice actor, it. It's this weird, tricky thing, and I'm sure all the voice actors are, like, so happy for this series, but I'm sure it's also so devastating to not get to play this character that you 
put so much of your heart into and cared so much about because they literally can't Ashley Johnson who's Ellie is way too old like she can't be Ellie I know there's been rumored talks of Life is Strange being a TV show that's gone nowhere but the idea of someone else getting to be Kate is like oh my heart a mm. little bit but then mm-hmm. you have to get past that and be like well let's welcome you into the family and mm-hmm. I'm I, I feel more of let's welcome you into a bigger family but there's got to be that small part of you that's like damn I get that because unfortunately they were cast not for who looked like the best character they were cast based yeah. on like what worked best for the character and and that's always going to be different but what I think what would be nice if I were producing this <clears throat> Neil is that I would pay homage to the oh, the yeah. uh, actors by bringing them in for cameos oh absolutely and I there's I, no reason why we can't have cameos from every single one of those voice actors. I wouldn't be surprised if they did do Just that. give them a few lines here and there. Yeah. The fans will love it. We will love it and we will look for it because we play video games, okay? Yeah. We research, we notice, we, and we love a good Easter egg. I was just going to say, we respect a good Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> we stand a good Easter egg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about fan castings because there's a lot of yes. talk about... Hugh Jackman playing Joel, which I can see he's a lovely actor. He's like 100 years old, so maybe let's let him have a rest. It gives me, initially upon hearing it, I'm like, no. But then I think Wolverine... He's such a good actor. He's so good. Wolverine is not that far off from Joel in some ways. Actually, that's very true. Uh, Wolverine, the movie... Well, I haven't. I still haven't seen that one. Logan. 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 Oh my God, Logan. But he's literally Logan is the Last of Us. Yeah. So except for like he has a shittier attitude. Right. He's got a (laughs) shittier attitude for sure. So I could see that. Part of me still doesn't want it, even though I know he could knock it out of the park. Like he'd be great, but you're right. But he's you guys. He's really old. Is he really? Yes. How old is Hugh Jackman? Let's look it up okay. because this is a series that might last a few years, and they're they're <laughs> He's probably not on to... Death's Door. Well, listen though, but he he has to do a lot of physical work, and Ellie probably is going to grow up on the show. He's so only like fifty one. He's fifty one, and that's probably a lie. He's probably actually sixty one, and they just changed it so he can continue to be freaking Wolverine. Listen, he's elderly, and we must protect him at all costs. Joel's literally fifty in the game. When it starts. I... Or not when it starts, but, like... I feel like this would be the time to take that back, but I am not going to. Because I well, thought that he was older than that. To rant about it, weird age thing, is I don't understand Joel in the game's aging process. Because, yeah. like, he is... They don't say, but he's got to be, like, in his late... at Like, this is being generous. Like, late 30s at the start of the game with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And then it's 20 years later, which puts him at least mid-50s. And, it, like, the stuff he does, and then by, like, the end, you're like, dude, you've got to be, like, in this next game, he's got to be, like, pushing 70 in The Last of Us 2. Gosh. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you, you might have to have uh, a split cast, almost, maybe a younger Joel if the, and yeah, an they, one. If they put in, which they might, sprinkle in some Last of Us 2 stuff into the Well, they have HBO a few series. years to figure it out. Yeah, they do. But anyways, back to back to casting Again, rumors. Hugh Jackman, not the worst, but already has tons of roles, and this could very easily go to an unknown, and I would be oh, very happy. They're not going to give it to an of unknown. Of course they're not, because every actor in Hollywood's going to be knocking down Neil's door, but they could give it to an unknown who's fantastic, and I would be fine with it. Not every celebrity needs all the roles. I mean, that's very true. But... I think it's going to go, Ellie's going to go unknown. I think Joel's going to be somebody very well known. That's what I think. I mean, Ellie has a better chance just because of her age mm-hmm. of ending up unknown. Okay, where were the other ones? We had What's His Butt from Game of Thrones. Nikolai. Yeah. What's his name? He played Jamie on uh, Game of Thrones. A lot of people are throwing around that name. I 
love this actor. I have met him in person. He is just as gorgeous and graceful and charming as you would imagine him to be. He is very thin and doesn't look like Joel at all. And yet, Joel I'm is kind a... of okay with it because he's so good, but also he looks nothing like Joel. Yeah, there's enough talented actors that exist in the world that you can find one talented who also looks the role. Yeah. We don't need to, like, make people beef up or, you know. So, for me, um, Hugh Jackman has the heavy energy that mm-hmm, Joel has, but mm-hmm. is, is quite thin, whereas I feel like for Nikolai, who plays Jamie on uh, Game of Thrones, yeah, I don't feel that he has that weight behind mm. him yet. I think he's he's a little, I don't know, just a little more swift than that. I don't I don't get that like heavy farmery dude from him. But yeah, I unfortunately I really don't care for Gerard Butler. I don't think he would work. He's like a funny guy. But but he does look like him. He does, yeah. He was Phantom of the Opera. You remember that? Oh god, before, that was before so they let long him in be comedies. Yeah, I don't like that that idea. Yeah, at I don't all. like Gerard. I don't know any of these stranger things, Sadie Sink. I'm assuming that's the redhead, which is not who I would choose. Uh, okay, she all right. She's she's also quite confident. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Could wear. I I had a a lot of distraction when I was watching the episode she was introduced and I was so watching the brother because he's such an incredible actor that she kind of wasn't on my mind. Got it. But she does look like her and she is that, a confident actor. You think actor. she looks like her? I don't think she looks In like her. In the face, yeah. yeah. I mean, her hair, no. Nah. Who's this? Who's Sophie Lillis? Don't know who you are. Oh, she's in It, which I never saw. No. I mean, no. She's too soft looking for me. She's pretty soft looking. And then I feel like... Like, I feel like Sophie has some bite to her, or that girl didn't. Sure. Caitlin Dever is a phenomenal actress. I think she looks a little too old, Mm. but she would be really good. (gasps) She was an unbelievable. Oh, my God. She'd be so good. She's so good. Oh, my God. She'd be so good. She basically is Ellie in Unbelievable. If you guys haven't seen Unbelievable on on Netflix, first of all, trigger warning, because it's very heavy on the, the topic. But if you love 13 Reasons Why and can handle, like, some real stuff... Uh, please check out Unbelievable. This actress is incredible. Yeah. She's also in the movie Book Smart, which I also highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, look at her. She's Ellie. She is Ellie. I would, yeah. I would 100%. She's a little, she's a little bit old, but I would still be okay But with she it. looks young. I, that's the only fan casting I approve of mm-hmm. so far with this all. Ooh, let me ask you this. Who would you cast today? Anybody that, like, sticks out to you that, like, even in a minor supporting character anything like that. For me, I, I don't have a lot of faces that stick out because to me, there isn't a lot of characters in the game, but there are in the beginning. There actually are a yeah. ton in the beginning. Let me think. Who would I pick for Joel? Um, also, all of those fan castings, by the way, except for Caitlin, are not American. Mr. Australian, Hugh Jackman, uh, <laughs> Mr. Swedish, Nikolai, Mrs. Who else? That's probably I think British. the red-headed Sadie is American. Sadie's American? I'm pretty sure Millie Bobby Brown's the only not American on Stranger Things. So. Well, I, Jim, just saying. I know. I, I we see got your actors point. here, I is all point. I'm saying, and there's a real Australian takeover. Listen, I'm Googling Nathan Fillion with a beard right now just because I want to see. That's nice. <laughs> he's never, maybe he can't really grow one. Or he's I don't never, like him with a beard. I, I can't really, I mean, he only has this he weird Tony Stark like, thing yeah, right now. He, he can only really grow a goatee, and he just looks like chubby when he has it. It doesn't look good. Okay. He has a beautiful jaw. You don't want to hide that jawline. He does have a good jawline. 
I just want to, okay, we're going to, we're going to take a moment here. We're going to meditate on who we think would be good. We're going to get back to you. But before we, before we just kind of take a look on our phones here and just whip up some real good Joel Ellie ca uh, fan castings between the two of us, I got it. Listen, I got to pitch this because he's perfect. And um, is he in the right genre? No. Um, but I just want to run this by you. What about if, Okay, The Last of Us would have to be a comedy. Sure. But Ron Swanson, played by Nick Offerman, <laughs> is so Joel, but on a sitcom. It's so good. <laughs> Ron Swanson, or Nick Offerman, who plays the character Ron Swanson, is Joel mm -hmm. stuck on a multicam sitcom. It's true. And that's why he's so unhappy all the time. Oh, he's just been through so much. Oh, yeah. What's funny is I was looking through guys, and mm. I was like, oh, Chris Pratt, if this was a comedy. And it's funny, because... They're both on the same show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're back. We've researched. We've, you know, scoured the internet for the best of the best. Listen, not I really. I am not going to be happy with this because my mind is still churning on this, but we did take some time to think on who, who we might think might be good. I feel like I'm going to be watching a random TV show and some random guy, I'm going to be like, you need to be Joel. And then I'm going to insist that day come over so we can record an episode. <laughs> but for now, this is what we have. And I just, I wish I could have done better, but I just got so excited. I got so overwhelmed at how many great actors there are and how, like, on what occasion does Joel need to be for us to like the TV show? Yeah. And listen, I... I um, know yeah. my choices aren't perfect. They're more just like fun to discuss about, and we know they probably won't be the person. But anyway, this is the gaming and gabbing selection. This is the gaming and gabbing fan casting of oh, yeah. The Last of yes. Us coming soon mm. to HBO. HBO, HBO. Starting with Joel. Okay, I have two picks for this. My first one, I kind of had to go with celebrities, so... I would also say any celebrity, any working actor that looks like him would work for me. Um, I'm going for the energy. I'm going for the acting ability here. Not necessarily as much the look. Clive Owen uh, from Closer is an amazing dramatic actor. Uh, unfortunately, he's not American, so I did that to myself, <laughs> and I deserve that. Um, but my second choice uh, that I don't think is going to be a thing because he's like really busy but, like, Mark Ruffalo would be such a great, just, oh, I'd love to watch him in a series. Yeah. You know? I'm not sure that, yeah. I, like, I love him as well, and I would love that. But also it feels like there's just something not quite right with him as Joel. He's a little Ooh, softer than Joel. Be, but he's great. Oh, I just blanked on the brother's name. Tommy. Tommy, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Well, I feel like lots of people could play Tommy. Lots of people could play Tommy. Yeah, Listen. Tommy's a lighter character. Um, <laughs> um, I also have two for Joel. Um, one, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not familiar with his acting, but Amber vouched for it. I just saw his photo and was like, this guy? This guy's been out working forever, and yeah. you have seen him in things, I guarantee it. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Negan on The Walking Dead. Oh, I've heard of Negan. Oh, everyone's heard of Negan because he's one of the greatest villains in TV history. Okay. Okay. Now, in these pictures, he looks all smiley and adorable with his little man dimples. 
but he typically plays evil characters, or at least that's what I've seen from him. He is an incredible actor. I also could imagine him working out a lot for this and aging him up would be fine. I don't know about aging him down, but he, I, I, I gotta say, when you said that, I was like, man, I'd forget my choices. <laughs> that's a great choice. I also thought, because I feel like there's a similar vibe and energy of the characters. One Mr. David Harbour from Stranger Things. I feel like Jim Hopper and Joel have some similarities. So They've lost children. They're moody. They're hard to get close to. Yeah, he's a really good actor. David Harbour plays the bumbling sheriff in Stranger Things that becomes sort of the surrogate dad to Eleven. And for the movie Black Widow... I believe on purpose he gained weight. Mm-hmm. I'm 90% sure that was on purpose because he, like, I've always seen him as, like, really fit in things. He's a really tall, yeah. goofy dude. Um, and he's definitely gotten, like, gigantic, I think, on purpose. And when I saw in the trailer that he was, like, trying to zip up his Superman suit or whatever, or superhero sh- suit, it, like, the joke was that he was too fat to zip it up, but he was going to try anyway. I was like, okay, so David Harbour's bulking up for this movie. But I think they could, because I've seen him be physically fit before, I think he actually could get there and his acting is so good and he's so good like uh with as a foil or as a contrast to a little girl yeah. growing up as we've already seen in stranger things so to me it's not an exact match but that would be a spicy pick yeah spicy pick but then again maybe he won't be a pick because it's too similar of a thing surrogate dad kind of situation mm-hmm. moody who knows we are just talking because we love this game and we're gonna hopefully love this series. Well, we have too long until the the series comes out, so we have to fill our head with imagination. Imagination. Obviously. I also looked up, um, I have two ideas for Tess. One of them being Summer Glau. Perfection. Love her. Played River? River River Song. No, River Song is Doctor Who. Yes, River Tam on Firefly. On Firefly. (laughs) And then she's also in the Terminator series. She's in quite a few other nerdy related franchises that I have not watched. Mm -hmm. But I did see her. Yeah. And then as Amber pointed out, she deserves better than this role. But Eliza Dushku, fabulous badass, would destroy, like, would just blow that role out of the park. You know? I am such a fan of Eliza Dushku. I, I love that. What's that TV series? No. Dollhouse? Dollhouse. I named my first cat after Echo? one of the characters. Oh. Whiskey. So oh, it was the, Whiskey. It, it, she was the damaged one who yep. had the scar on her face. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love that it's like Echo, Whiskey. They all had like really cool spy names. Oh, I love that show. Anyway, I digress. Who else? <laughs> Well, those are my two picks for Tess. And then I was like, I don't know any kid actors. Who the heck would I guess for Ellie? I don't know. And then, as if by magic, this thought came into my brain. Liana Mormont. Oh my god, what a badass. The little bear from the north in Game of Thrones on a TV show. Not American, but... But she's so good. Wow, she's so good. Her name is Bella Ramsey. I would be okay with her as Ellie. I would have it. I would have it. Uh, she's looks very different. I'm sure she could be made up, but she is an incredible actress, and she does have that heaviness to her where you believe. Mm-hmm. You believe she's seen some things, mm-hmm. you know? And I that's just what I want for Ellie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you believe that, like, when you're firing bullets or arrows at an enemy and you're overwhelmed, she's going to jump on another one's back and shiv it to death. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. 
I believe she would do that. I mean, she I screamed at a giant in a giant's face. She can this shiv girl, a zombie. This girl would survive the zombie apocalypse. 100%. Immune or not. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. Correct. Bella Ramsey is solid. So yeah, those are those are my thoughts and feelings. Mm. Yeah. Love that. Love it a lot. Let's talk about The Last of Us 2. Oh my gosh, you mean there's more content for this amazing game? Okay. Uh, so The Last of Us 2 is set to come out when now? When do we have May 29th, 2020. Okay, so as of the time of the recording, the sequel to The Last of Us should be coming out in May, at the end of May. I am so excited for this game. I will be playing it immediately. I will be playing the playthrough on my YouTube channel. I don't know how they're going to continue the story based off of kind of where we left off. And I loved how they slowly revealed the trailers at E3 and stuff like, is Joel going to be there? Is Joel going to be there? Like we didn't know for the longest time, you know, it was so good. They're, they're doing really good with it. But then the other side of that coin is, are they doing really good with it? Because crunch culture is real apparently at Naughty Dog. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, as excited as we are for the game, we want to talk a little bit about this um, crunch culture happening at Naughty Dog because We've said it before in our podcast about all the games coming out this year. We love video games, but we love the people that make them and we want them to be healthy. Like we don't, I don't know who's making these people. Well, I know who's making these people, but it's not uh, like, take your time. I'm okay. if. So for those of you who don't <laughs> know, crunch culture is a term that has sprung up as of late that refers to, I, I would say specifically, the entertainment industry's crunch on demand you know, we, on having something out in time. We need to get this project made because we s- imagined a date and s- magically said it had to be due by then. Even though you're not ready, we don't care. So now you we need you to, to stay, or you'll lose yeah. your job. Yeah, we need like you to do this, to or we'll replace you because we've decided that that's just how it's going to work. Yeah, it's the idea that employees are disposable. Well, it's also the idea of a little bit that what we see with actors, which mm-hmm. is. It's an honor to be here, and you will work whatever we say. Yeah, because you can be replaced. Because you can be replaced. Everyone wants this job, and you know it. Yeah, it sucks. So anybody who, like, remotely complains is looked at as a problem. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm not one to complain, but there is a time when it's appropriate to speak up and be like, I need rest. I can't be my most creative self if I'm completely burnt out. And I did read – there's a very interesting article written on Kotaku's website – that really detailed all of the staff, senior devs leaving. We're, we're looking at an article on Eurogamer.net and we'll, we'll link it in the episode description as well if you'd like to take a look. It's, it's, it's kind of a long article, but I, I find it very interesting, especially if you are a lover of video games and you want to understand why this is problematic and what you can do about it because there's always something we can do, right? When we buy something with our money, we're voting, right? Yeah. So, I'm not saying boycott The Last of Us because we all know I'm not going to be doing that. But we can be, you know, tweeting at those employers. We can be making sure we're hiring senior developers that have been kicked out because of crunch culture and making a point to make them feel welcome and make them feel like, you know, they can go home after eight hours. Yeah, I think instead of, it's a simple shift of instead of tweeting things like, I'm so mad this got delayed, I want it now, or when is it coming out, or I'm so excited for this to come out, it's about tweeting things like, hope the employees are doing well, like, you know what, I love this game and I'm ready for it in May 2020 just as much as I am in August 2020. Mm-hmm. I just want everyone to like be healthy. Mm-hmm. I think if we can 
put our support behind those people being crunched. Especially with sequels, because yeah. I'm like, you guys, Naughty Dog, you got it. You, we, we are fans. Yeah, you like, have us. Like, I get the crunch for Horizon Zero Dawn, because that company was absolutely failing before Horizon Zero Dawn, right? So they got to deal with Sony, and they were like, oh, this is our last hurrah, and then it ended up working out, and it was a gamble. But, like, you already have fans, Naughty Dog. You have Uncharted, okay? You had a huge crunch culture situation with uh, Last Legacy, is that what it's called? Ooh, I don't know. The, the, The most recent Uncharted game. Oh, Lost Legacy for Uncharted, yeah. Yeah, that game in particular had a lot of long time game designers get burnt out and leave mid game. Mm. And it had to be replaced by people who basically were not rookies to video game, but like very good at what they do, but just couldn't do it three times as fast. Like the seniors could. Yeah. And then they still gave them the same deadline. Yeah. And that's not okay. Mm-hmm. There is a very good article written by Kotaku, which we, if you hit on the Eurogamer link that we're going to put, it's going to be within there as well, where they actually interviewed staff at Naughty Dog that were working under crunch conditions because everyone that I know, I, I, I've met a few people that work at Naughty Dog, and let me tell you, they love it there. They love it because they care. They love it because they view it as one of the most competitive places to work. It is so detailed. It is so, uh, the story is so good. And it is just truly a work of art. You know, at least (laughs) The Last of Us Remastered is a work of art. I mean, I I haven't played very much of Uncharted, but I've heard only fantastic things. And I'm sure The Last of Us 2 is going to be a work of art. And so a lot of senior devs were flocking to Naughty Dog for a while because of its reputation of, you know, basically leading the industry, Mm. um, especially in story-based games. So to hear that these people who really fought tooth and nail to get in here who love specifically working with Naughty Dog so that they can push themselves as hard as possible. And then to hear that Naughty Dog hires people who never want to leave, never really want to take vacation, will do, are basically perfectionists is what they look for when they hire, according to this article. I, that's fine, but my counter to that is, and this article does detail this problem, if there is no production team at Naughty Dog, and I don't think there are at many, if any, game companies because they're not unionized. So if you're making a film, you have these little things called producers and they do all the jobs that when things go wrong, it's the producer's job to fix it. They're the responsible ones. It is a very unthinked job. It is not easy, but it is absolutely essential Mm -hmm. for casting, for finance, for post-production, for press tour, film festivals, all that. Like the producers, the ones who stay on the film, the absolute longest from, from conception till, you know, making a sequel you know yeah. um, they're on there and they have departments and they have a hierarchy that is very clear so that all of these individual departments so say writing landscape design <laughs> you know what have you uh, hardware whatever that whatever a gaming studios little divisions are they would commute they would be the producers would be the ones that would communicate with all of those and you're thinking but amber don't people do that already yes but there's only like four of them left there and they're all like CEOs or executive managers and they are completely and utterly overwhelmed and you can't just replace a senior exec like that quickly so there needs to be a production team but then that would need a union so there is talk of unionization uh, within so. the game community they need it they have been meeting and I you know I hope that they do unionize because games are only getting more popular they're getting better funding and they're, and they're getting longer and more and they're getting detailed. longer yeah mm-hmm. and these creators who are devoting, I mean, m- months, if not years of just overtime 
are getting nothing but laid off at the end of it. Yeah. After risking their health. Yeah. And I don't think anyone listening to this wants that for them. No, no. So it's, it's so hard because I, I believe that the argument made would be the same as the arguments video game companies made when the actors wanted more money. It was people are going to buy it whether you're in it or not. We don't yeah. care. And so the other side of that coin is they, these developers do get paid very well. Yeah. And they do get paid over time. And so they're like, well, I, you know, I don't want to complain because I'm getting paid really well. I understand that. But then why don't you have a production team so that if you decided that these ants crawling up the tree was an awesome addition and then three days later you find out that Sony said, no, we don't have time for ants, scrap it. You've had employees working on the ants for three days and no one has told them that. Yeah. That is why you need a production team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, still work overtime, but it could be a lot more efficient than it is. Yeah. Um, and that's what the article was was laying out, was that a more experienced team could have had The Last of Us 2 done, uh, uh, done about a year ago. But and I, I agree, because they can't keep anyone who has any experience, because they're, first of all, they're older. They're not able they're not to pu- take the shit. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not able to physically pull all-nighters. They have families. Yeah. And to your point, they know their worth. Yeah. And they're not going to do it. Yeah. anymore and I think that's the strongest thing we have going for you is for all of you out there no matter what your industry is to know your worth and don't fall under the peer pressure of working yourself to death yeah over something because there's all for every company that's like we got to work harder there's going to be a new one like Guerrilla Games coming up and you know making something truly epic because they're tired of the status quo and they want to try something new yeah. so for every bad employer there has to be a new studio that comes up and is like, no, nah, we are experienced, we're sick of this, and we're going to do this differently. And that is the studio, I guarantee you, that will be the next Naughty Dog because everyone's going to want to work there. Yeah. And I think, like you're saying, with the unionization, that's a great step. And then, you know, like in the terms of like, what can we do? It, like I said, show the people with the money that the people giving them the money are starting to notice and care. And that has been happening more and more with these articles coming out. And I think the more we as the consumers can push and talk about how we care about the health of these people making these games, the more, I don't know, you know, you're just like trying to convince the people at the top of the money that these are humans. And like, that's never a fun idea to think. But I understand that, but we can put some social pressure on Exactly, we need to, put the social pressure because until we do they're just like thinking of us as just like mindless beings that will hand over the money no matter what and we want them to know we're not that Mm -hmm. we care Mm -hmm. we we enjoy we want to enjoy the game but we also care about the people making it yeah very much so so that's some interesting uh things that's happening with the sequel i really hope that it comes out whenever it needs to as absolutely. much as I'm excited for a May 29th launch date for The Last of Us 2, I would be absolutely fine if they were like Christmas 2020. I'm like, you know what? I got Cyberpunk to play. It's fine. You know, like I have things to do, you know, like I will wait for this game to be this work of art that I absolutely expect with very high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Probably way too high. I'll wait. And so will everyone else because we got tons of games to play. T- TMG, too many games. So many games. As they say. <sighs> <sighs> I just get so upset yeah well it's upsetting let's change the topic oh topic change date what's going on with you me let's just let's just check in all right well elephant in the room of course would probably be the coronavirus let's talk yeah i'm good i'm worried about people's mental health 
during this time more so actually than their physical health for most mm, people. Interesting. There okay. are people I'm worried about. You know, the at-risk people, I'm worried about them. But mm. I'm worried about everyone as a whole's mental health because this is scary. And it's very easy to take a very small step from pandemic of this flu, what's happening to like total apocalyptic, the world is ending. And I keep seeing that being thrown around by people like, Maybe it's a joke. Well, well, since the world is ending, and I really wish people would stop saying that because the world is not ending. Everyone's really vulnerable right now, and it's really easy to to go down that road of panic that the world might be ending. So I wish that people would just stop saying that. <laughs> I think those feelings are valid because it's it's really incredible what's going on around the world. I think the fear is totally valid, and those feelings that you have are, I mean, real. But I mean, speaking to, of the apocalypse and the Last of Us, yeah, to, to, yeah but to yeah. keep sharing kind of horror stories of people lining up at stores for guns and stealing other people's toilet paper—that's not helping i don't think what's is helping is researching what you can do staying indoors so that it mitigates the the mm-hmm. growth of the uh spread of the virus which is we don't know if it's airborne you know and if it is it can spread really really fast and we are just a few days out from where italy was when they like lost control of all the hospitals but the u.s started to close things down and stopped the spread as of last two days night, ago. Well, last night the uh, alert went out that all bars and theaters and restaurants were closing. So the mayor of Los Angeles, where we live, sent out a text, basically, yeah. um, which is an appropriate use of the emergency alert system. May I add, duh, <laughs> that because this is a very contagious virus um, that could easily overwhelm our supplies while the mortality rate is relatively low, the problem is it's so it's so hard to tell when you have it yeah. um, that you could have given it to hundreds Someone who's of people at risk. right yeah. by then. So it's really not about how bad is it. It's about we need to be able to identify it quickly and to fix it. And and until we can do that, we all have to stay home because being around somebody who is infected within like three to six feet of them is enough to spread it, and that's serious. So there's no reason to freak out. And, I mean, we all still have food. We all have food. I know that the grocery stores are showing empty shelves, but, like, I'm not tweeting about that and, and, and Instagramming about that because I don't want to highlight that. I want to highlight stories that show, you know, oh, restaurants are closed, which is good, so restaurant workers won't get sick. Yes, it sucks that they can't make a living wage. Yeah, but they're still open but, for takeout, so hopefully, they, like, they're But they're still open for takeout, and, and so that's going to relieve a lot of the grocery stores, mm-hmm. that there's going to be takeout. Yeah, we've and, been eating takeout. Yeah, and so there there are ways to work around it as we continue to do that and support one another. And there's a lot of time for reading and a lot of time for video games, you guys. Listen, I'm actually... So this is, you know... Silver lining. There's a lot more time for some video games. This is introvert's dream over here, you guys. Like, the fact that I am not even going to be asked to leave my house to do something is so exciting for me. But I did forget, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I'm already set up. I work from home already doing Twitch, doing the podcast, editing YouTube, like pretty everything I do for work is at home already. So I actually don't have any free time. I just have the this looming thing of, oh God, I'm going to feel pressure to work all the time now, but I'm not going to. No, you're not going to. Because I did just start a 15 book series and I 
would like to read it constantly. What book series is that? Um, The Wheel of Time. Very much into it. Want to read it all the time. And yeah, we have so many video games. Tony and I just started playing a new video game together last night. Hi. It's time. time. It's time to hit up that backlog, guys. Yeah. It's a silver lining. Listen, 2020, year of the pandemic, or, or. Year of all the books read. Year of the backlog. Year of the backlog. I love it. Let me just, let me just pitch a rebrand for our year, guys. You have the backlog. I love it. it. I love it. There's so many books. This is your time to watch all those movies. All your friends are absolutely horrified that you haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Now is the time. Now's the time. Now is the time. Now's the time to finally watch Schindler's List. Oh, I've seen that. I watched it in religion class my senior year. Whoa. I feel like a lot of people have have avoided really heavy Oscar-winning performances because they're like, I don't want to watch them. They're so depressing. No. You know what I'm going to watch? I'm going to watch the Star Wars prequel trilogy because I've never seen it. Oh! Yeah. Oh, please live tweet that. I I was going to say, you need to live tweet it or film it or something. Please, at least live tweet it. Yeah. People will love that. I've seen episode one, but not two or three. Well, um. So, Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, if if you must do it, you must do it. You must do it, you must do it. And speaking of, I've got my playthroughs of The Last of Us up on my YouTube channel, Dan Hutton. I know Amber's going to start playing it again, and you can watch her play through The Last of Us. Is it solely on your YouTube or on your Twitch as well? Okay, so I have played The Last of Us before. It was on Periscope, which is was a live streaming app, and so I didn't save any of it. Yeah. So it is not on the internet currently, but I have played it, and it was a long time ago, and I will be playing a walkthrough of The Last of Us again. Most excellent. I'm very excited to completely relive this, you know, working our way up to the sequel. Hopefully it will line up that I'm playing The Last of Us, and then it's, I end right around April and oh, can start lovely. playing. That'd be, or May. May, May and end June. of May, really. Hopefully it continues for us until about the end of May, and then I can start the sequel. It would be really cool for me to go back to back like that. I've never done, like, the game, and then right after it, the sequel. Mm. And I think this would be a really good game to do that for and really just get immersed in the world. Yeah. So I will, for those of you listening, this is coming out on a Wednesday. If you're listening to this on the day that it launches, if you're listening to this in the future, I do apologize because this is not something that you can get on. But this is releasing on Wednesday, the following Monday, March 23rd. I will be ha- streaming The Last of Us Remastered on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash amberplaster, at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are going to do that every day. Love it. Until I finish that game. Love it. It's going to be very intense. It's going to be about two-hour sessions. You've got this. And oh, I, I will... forget you only do two hours. I was like, that'll be quick. And then, no. Yeah. I... Uh, my YouTube playthroughs are also my second uh, time at it because when I played it on Twitch, I didn't have a reason to save any of my playthroughs, so Mm -hmm. I didn't. (laughs) And then I was like, I should have saved those. Yeah, but they weren't probably, I mean, for me, mine was not of the quality that I would be proud to show anyone on on Periscope. So I didn't know what I was doing when I first did it. So I'm very excited to play through it again. I'm excited for Um, you. And I'm excited for it to come out on HBO. And I'm excited for the sequel. And I just... All the things. I'm so thankful for good games. Oh, yeah. Love a good game. Love a good game. Love it. Also, guys, I, at the time of release, this may not be out yet, but I'm very excited because I just finished shooting a cosplay Mm. of Ellie from Last of Us 2. I had a lot of fun making it. Give me a cosplay where I am required to, like, destroy and break down clothes that I find, I'm great at it. I can't build my own clothes. I'm not a sewer. But destruction. Destruction, I'm really great at. She's literally a goddess of destruction. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I'm really proud of it. So look out for that. I'm excited to see yeah. that. Yeah. Really oh fun. My goodness. Great. Well, I think this pretty much covers all of The Last of Us. Oh, that- yeah. All of the, the things outs. that we know so far. And things that we hope, wish, and dream. Hopes, wishes, and dreams. Naughty Dog, we pray for you. We we send you our, our thoughts and prayers, as it were. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some Bojack Horseman reference. I cannot wait to play the game. I cannot wait to watch the TV show. I cannot wait to read all of the ridiculous articles that you guys are going to tweet at me about The Last of Us. I'm into all of it. We drank the Kool-Aid, guys. We're here for it all. We're here for it all. Listen, this episode is all about it. The next episode you hear, it's not going to be all about it. It's going to be about why did this make it into a movie? I don't know. Why? Yeah, this is this is a very positive podcast. Every so, every so often we go, no, 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 no. But every so often we go, I want to talk about how amazing this is forever. Mm-hmm. Like Horizon Zero Dawn or The Last of Us, whichever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you need episodes where Amber gets on a shame train <laughs> and she rides it straight into Mount uh, there's not an M word I can there's not a word no. because it doesn't end Mount yeah it doesn't end it doesn't end it just it just keeps going and I have to just wave at it as it passes me by it just keeps going I'm not gonna stop that train no, I've no. Never I don't want to get injured the, sh- the shame train I don't want to get injured oh I'll we're gonna shame some movies there's some Resident Evils we have to talk about there's Sonic the Hedgehog we have to talk about listen we got things to talk about all right so uh look forward to that next week and if you want to keep the conversation going with me you can find me on twitter twitch and instagram at amber plaster uh the same should show up on youtube as well and where can they keep the conversation going with you day as well as the podcast why amber they can keep the conversation going with me at dayanne hutton on twitter and youtube and then at dabraham underscore lincoln on instagram and twitch because i like to be complicated guess what guys we've got an announcement Guys, guess what? Guess what, guys? Guess what? Guess what? We have a Patreon. Patreon. What is a Patreon, you ask? Well, it is a site where you can support the podcast mm-hmm. so that we don't have to advertise things we don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And we can continue to make more episodes. Oh, yeah. We can continue to put more time and effort into the episodes that we enjoy so much, which means more detailed links. It means more conversations on social media. It means better quality overall all okay listen Listen. (laughs) (laughs) the point is i'm very excited and i have been thinking about doing this for a while i wanted to make sure that we had a good grasp on what the patreon would be about after we had a few episodes Mm -hmm. and feedback in and i think we're there i think i think we have a good thing going so if you want to check it out go to patreon.com slash gaming in as a nancy gabbing patreon.com slash gaming and gabbing sexy guys it's sexy patreon it's a pretty sexual patreon and when i mean sexual i mean not like a cam girl but just really cool (laughs) and now i regret saying that all right you absolutely do not have to be a patron to be you know enjoying enjoying the podcast listen but this is something that we're hoping to do for years to come and if we could be able to pay our bills doing it wow what a time to be alive you know (laughs) those are our hopes and dreams won't you make them come true won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> so check it out. And there are a few different things that we're offering on oh, yeah. there. Listen, I don't know your life, but I do know that you'll like our Patreon. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash gaming and gabbing. Ding. Hey, Amber, we have our very first patrons to shout out on this episode. So... 
thank you so much to Mark P. and Elias Thompson for being in our Natural 20 tier. Ooh, Mark and Elias, you have literally made my week. You have made my month. Thank you so much for being here and supporting the podcast. You're my favorites. And I don't take it back. She never does. (laughs) 